Chapter 6, Tuesday of the Second Week. Chapter 6, according to the Shokin translation of Everett Fox. Yahweh said to Moshe, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will set them free, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moshe. He said to him, I am Yahweh. I was seen by Abraham, by Yitzhak, by Yaakov, as God should I. But by my name Yahweh, I was not known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their sojournings where they had sojourned. And I have also heard the moaning of the children of Israel, whom Egypt is holding in servitude, and I have called to mind my covenant. Therefore, I say to the children of Israel, I am Yahweh, I will bring you out from beneath the burdens of Egypt. I will rescue you from servitude to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with great acts of judgment. I will take you for me as a people, and I will be for you as a God, and you shall know that I am Yahweh, your God, who brings you out from beneath the burdens of Egypt. I will bring you into the land over which I have lifted my hand in an oath to give to Abraham, to Yitzhak, to Yaakov. I will give it to you as a possession, I, Yahweh. Moshe spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not hearken to Moshe out of shortness of spirit and out of hard servitude. Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, Go in, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he may send free the children of Israel from his land. Moshe spoke before Yahweh, saying, Here, if the children of Israel do not hearken to me, how will Pharaoh hearken to me? And I am of foreskin lips. Yahweh spoke to Moshe and to Haran, and charged them to the children of Israel and to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. These are the heads of their fathers' houses. The sons of Reuben, firstborn of Israel, Hanach and Palu, Hatzron and Carmi. These are the clans of Reuben. And the sons of Shimon, Yemuel, Yamin, Ohad, Yakin, and Saor, and Shaul, the son of the Canaanite woman. These are the clans of Shimon. Now these are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their begettings. Gershon, Kiat, and Merari. Now the years of Levi's life were 730 and 100 years. The sons of Gershon, Livni and Shimai, according to their clans, and the sons of Kaat, Amran, Yitzar, Hevron, and Uziel. Now the years of Kaat's life were three hundred three and thirty and a hundred years. And the sons of Merari, 
Mahli, and Mushi. These are the Levite clans, according to their begettings. Amran took himself Yakarved, his aunt, as his wife. She bore him Aharon and Moshe. Now the years of Amran's life were seven and thirty and a hundred years. Now the sons of Yitzar, Korah, Nepheg, and Zichri, and the sons of Uziel, Mishael, Elzaphan, and Sitri. Aharon took himself Elisheva, daughter of Aminadav, Nashon's sister, as a wife. She bore him Nadav and Avahu, Elazar and Itamar. Now the sons of Korah, Asir, Alkana, and Aviasaf, these are the Korahite clans. Elazar, son of Aharon, took himself one of Putiel's daughter for himself as a wife, and she bore him Pinhas. These are the heads of the Levite father groupings, according to their clans. That is the Aharon and Moshe, to whom Yahweh said, Bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their forces. Those were they who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, that Moshe and Aharon. So it was on the day that Yahweh spoke to Moshe in the land of Egypt. Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, I am Yahweh. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you. Moshe said before Yahweh, If I am of foreskinned lips, how will Pharaoh hearken to me? So ends the seventh chapter in the shocking translation of Everett Fox. Heirs to Promises Chapter 6 starts with the Yahwist narrative of heightened oppression, making bricks without straw. But the rest of the chapter offers a reflection on the nature of God revealed in this story, a clarification of the lineage and roles of Moses and Aaron. Source critics call that the priestly voice, people who were concerned in later temples, Solomon's in the second. With the priesthoods, the Korahites, the Aaronic priesthood, the Levitic priesthood, trying to connect them to these ancient stories. There's a difference in the text. It's like Elizabeth, uh, Elizabethan Shakespearean English mixed with 20th century diction. Scholars assure us there's a change of pace, but you know because you just tune out in the middle section of this chapter. But give me a chance. God elaborates to Moses that the patriarchs knew him as mighty one, not by this, I am. God promises Canaan, hears them groaning, shows hand in avert action, will bring them into that patrimony promised to the patriarchs. Now, that's shifted into a different voice. But pretty soon, we're going to get a Moses you don't know that doesn't talk back, who just goes and tells the people as if he hadn't heard their complaints about he's been making things worse. The succinct 
comment, they won't listen to Moses, since their spirits are crushed by hard slavery. God redirects, tells Moses to go to Pharaoh, let him know. Moses haggles, we're back to the Yahwist kind of a haggle. And Moses points out, he's got a foreskin lips. Does he have a speech impediment? Is he just clumsy? A stutter? Slow tongue or lips? Burns? That's the tradition arguing with you. It could be that a foreskinned mouth is just not circumcised. It might not be physiological. Is it maybe just not sounding right, like a real Hebrew? Ah, over the times, over the centuries, the millennia, it's been read differently. Now we get the recital of the clans of Reuben, the clans of Simeon, the eldest sons, and then of Levi. We're listing the sons, the tribes, so that we can place Moses and Aaron in the priesthood to come. And I give you some details in the notes. You may never care. Fair enough. Just when we're feeling lost, we're going to come back to narrative. Hang in. Because there's a covenant, a law, a land, and a people, a purity cult, a gift culture. If you hang in till Easter season, you're going to hear Leviticus trying to make this case a countercultural one of what matters and how you stand in tension to a dominant culture. But it ain't easy.